you ever feel super foggy and kind of confused and you kind of space out if you get stressed out or if the narcissist is coming after you? If you do, you might be dealing with dissociation. So what is dissociation? Dissociation is a separation of normally related mental processes. It manifests as brain fog or feeling disconnected from reality. Sometimes it's a trauma response and it's a way to sort of get away in your head, right? Dissociation in extreme cases can lead to multiple personality disorder, aka dissociative identity disorder. Dissociation. This is something that we all deal with when we've gone through serious emotional trauma. So for most of us, dissociation feels a lot like sort of watching your life from the outside. Like you're not really there, you're not really as connected as you want to be. It's a mental process, it's part of the CPTSD thing, and it, it begins as a way to sometimes almost cope with the abuse while it's happening. But even after the abuse ends, after we're out on our own again and we're starting our lives, we often find ourselves dissociating. We feel like our thoughts aren't really connected. We feel like our memory, our sense of identity just isn't there. We feel separate from everybody and everything, including ourselves. Like there's a bubble around us or like we're standing behind ourselves watching everything happen and we're not really functioning like a normal person and that's pretty normal i'm going to give you some really quick hit tips today on how to deal with it in the moment we know that researchers say that prolonged trauma and chronic stress can cause brain fog this of course includes the ongoing trauma and chronic stress that we experience in toxic relationships. Narcissistic abuse is a form of psychological and emotional abuse, primarily inflicted on us by people who have narcissistic personality disorder or people who have antisocial personality disorder, also known as psychopaths and sociopaths, people on the cluster B spectrum. And it's associated with a lack of empathy or an absence of conscious. I'll tell you something, when it happened in my life, I had no clue what it was. And I hear that from my clients all the time or people who watch my YouTube videos. They say, I had no idea until I saw your video that this was a thing. I didn't even know I was being abused because it's so subtle and pervasive. Emotional abuse is very subtle. And part of the reason that it's so hard to recognize is that the so very often blames the victim. A lot of times they'll act like they have no idea why you're so upset. Wait, what's the big deal? I just told you the truth. And if you were raised by someone who was also an emotional abuser, because it's harder to recognize, it's easier for the abuser to, to chip away at your self-esteem and tear you down bit by bit. The hard part about that is that sometimes the abuser is very nice to you in between episodes. There are certain times when you find yourself feeling perfectly happy and loved in the relationship. But then there are other times when you know you need to go. You feel miserable, you feel like, I can't believe my, my spouse or, or loved one would treat me this way. And the fact is that if you never had a healthy relationship, you probably don't even know exactly what you're looking for. There are no witnesses who watch you be abused in some cases, or, or it's your own children or something like that. So a lot of times you don't even fully get it because no one who knows better is around when it happens. In public, your abuser might be perfectly awesome and everybody's like, oh, I wish I had a person like that. But in private, it's a whole other story. Sound familiar? If so, keep watching. When you're walking down the street, nobody can see that you have been abused by a narcissist. When we've been abused physically, we have marks on our face, we have broken bones, broken bodies. When we've been abused mentally, emotionally, psychologically, nothing shows through. What you can't see is hard to talk about sometimes. That's why I do what I do and why a lot of other people do what we all do in this area. We have to remember that narcissistic abuse is sneaky. It's covert sometimes. It's disguised as love or concern. It's not just a single act of cruelty. It's not just a poke or a single insulting comment. It's kind of pervasive. It's, it's underhanded. It's abuse that is a string, sometimes lifetimes long, of 
verbal insults, undercuts, underhanded stuff. Sometimes something that could be said in a room full of people and you would be the only one who knew that it was an abusive thing that person said. It's that sneaky. See, the thing is, on paper, sometimes narcissists still appear perfect. Well, I never called you a name and I told you I loved you every single day. Or I showed up for every single baseball game and did all those things I was supposed to do. But what people don't see is behind closed doors, that person is actively abusing their family members, their spouses, their friends. See, none of those things are actually for those people. They're not for you. They didn't cook the dinners for you. They didn't go to the baseball game for you. They didn't go to your dance recital for you. They did all those things for the appearance of what other people around them would think because more important to them than their own family members are the opinions of complete strangers. You're not being narcissistically abused if you got one insulting comment or even if somebody went off on you out of the blue and cussed you out. You're being narcissistically abused if someone has insidiously, gradually, intentionally worked to erode your whole self. They take your self-worth, they take your self-esteem, and they crush it up into a small little piece of nothing and they throw it out. You are left spinning, lost, confused, angry, sad, empty. Narcissistic abuse is all about tearing you down so that they can obtain control of you as an individual, as a person. They will dominate, manipulate, intimidate, emotionally coerce you, withhold love, affection, food sometimes, money. They will lie to you. They will be extremely selfish and not concern themselves with your needs ever. They will guilt trip you, reject you, stonewall you, silent treatment you. They will financially abuse you. They will gaslight you. They will be so possessive you don't even know what to do with yourself. And on the flip side of it, they'll be crazy jealous. And if that doesn't happen, then they'll just be really jealous inducing. They will do things to make you feel jealous. They'll project all of their bad qualities onto you. In order to maintain control of you, the abuser may isolate you or separate you from your friends and your family. You may not even have noticed that it happened. But take a moment and think, did I used to have more people in my life than I do right now? And if you say the answer is yes, then you can't come up with a logical reason, like they passed away or you moved then maybe there's something to think about here. Maybe you are in an abusive relationship. The abuser does this in order to isolate you and pull you away from your family and your friends. So they might also have mood shifts. So you might find yourself dealing with a happy-go-lucky, awesome person one minute and then angry and sullen the next minute. And you might not even know why the mood shift happened. They sometimes punish you with anger and they sometimes punish you by just shutting down and being quiet. The silent treatment, yeah. And with most abusers, it's usually my way or the highway. You know, if you don't do what they want, you might as well just leave and they'll, they'll threaten constantly your security in the relationship. You won't be allowed to feel comfortable. You won't be allowed to move all the way in, so to speak, even if you've been with them for 30 years. They'll always be threatening your connections. When you first get with an abuser, it doesn't usually start the first few days or a few months. Sometimes they wait a while because they want to make sure you're not going to leave and they start slow and subtly. They sneak it in on you and if you don't leave, they go, oh, and they take it up one more level. Maybe they cross boundary after boundary and the more you stay, the more they throw on you, the more they heap on you as far as the abuse goes. In some cases, it might not happen until one of you is pregnant or until you're married or engaged or whatever, moving in together. Before you know it, you're going to find yourself walking on eggshells. That's when you know for sure. And what I mean by that is constantly worrying about what the abuser or the person thinks, says, or feels, or how they will react to something that you have done or thought or felt or said. Pretty soon, you and everybody in your family is worrying about what the abuser thinks or feels and moving toward changing yourselves and your behaviors. That's a miserable way for anyone to live. You might find yourself being depressed or angry 
having a reduced intimacy drive, dealing with chronic pain or other physical symptoms. You might find yourself with a real serious case of CPTSD. And a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, you put up with it. It's your own fault. Well, that's not true. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't recognize. They'll tell you, oh, if you were strong, you wouldn't put up with that. Oh, if, if you had you know, any self-respect at all, you would never have tolerated that. Well, that's because they don't understand what you're dealing with. The fact of the matter is, it's not like you walked into that relationship and everything was terrible, because if that was the case, you would have walked out. What happens is, the boiling frog factor, right? You put a frog in a pot full of warm water, it's cool, it's swimming around, everything's fine, it gets a little warm, it feels pretty good about it, it's all right, you know, pretty soon it's kind of hot, but the water kind of heated up slowly and before the frog knows it, it's boiling. You know, it's the same deal with with an abuser. You can just walk into this relationship and be like, everything's terrible, well I'm gonna leave. Of course you're gonna leave. But people assume that you don't respect or you never respected yourself or you don't have any self-respect because you stay with an abuser, but that's because the abuser slowly brought the abuse in like that boiling frog had the water heated up slowly, right? It it just kind of comes up around you and before you know it, oh my gosh, everything's crazy, you're walking on eggshells, you're scared of your partner. Just to give you a little heads up though, it could also be a sign of something more serious maybe another kind of health issue. So it's really, really important that you do go and talk to your doctor before you assume anything. Find out if it is a medical issue causing your brain fog, just to be safe. Some of the conditions that your doctor might check for include nutritional deficiency, bacterial overgrowth from eating too much sugar, thyroid conditions, sleep disorders, even depression. Doctors say that other causes might include overeating, not getting enough sleep, or just not eating the right foods, a poor diet in general. So just as a precaution, just go get checked out just in case if you are dealing with brain fog. How do you deal with it in the moment? How do you, when you feel yourself dissociating, what are you supposed to do to get back? One of the things I do with my clients that works really well is if I'm on a call with them and we're talking about stuff that's happening in their lives, sometimes they'll say to me, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm not even here. I feel like I'm dissociating. So they'll become triggered by something that they discuss and they need to get back into the moment so that we can continue our session. So I will say to them, tell me where you're at right now. Tell me what you see in front of you. And I'll ask them to describe something, you know, describe the walls, describe, you know, the ceiling fan, you know, are you looking at your cat? What does your cat look like? Feel your cat. How does your cat feel? It's about bringing your mind into the moment. It's about finding yourself where you are. And sometimes it's about pattern interrupt and distracting yourself. This is a really handy, simple way to do it. Some people have suggested find all the pink things in the room or find all the black things or find all the words in the room. Look around you and, and notice your environment and describe it to yourself or to whoever you're talking to at the moment if that's helpful. Another thing you can do is a lot of people love essential oils for this reason or hand lotion for this reason. Find something that smells really, really good to you and make sure you keep it with you at all times. I've seen people use little jars of essential oil or they'll wear a little vial around their neck and they'll open it, take a good sniff whenever they feel themselves dissociating. And a lot of people say that's very helpful for them. I've had other people who carry a little bottle of lotion with them and anytime they feel overwhelmed or dissociated, they put the lotion on their hands, they smell the lotion, they always make sure it's something that smells really good, they feel the lotion on their hands, that kind of stuff works great. The next tip I would give you is to brush your teeth or take a shower or do anything physical to physically care for your body even one thing even just brushing your teeth because again it brings you right back into the moment and it kind of distracts your thoughts the next tip I would give you is when you are in a situation where you are finding yourself feeling overwhelmed anxious depressed or where you're dissociating physically stand up and remove yourself from that situation even if that just means you go to a different room in your house or you go out on the front porch or you go take a walk around the block it doesn't matter change your environment 
it's a big help with when you're dissociating. Another thing that's helpful is journaling. So get yourself a journal, do it on your phone. I really personally prefer to write by hand, but take the time to write everything down. It really does help. Write down dates, times, things you're planning to do that day, whatever it is that you need to do. Some people, when they're still in the relationship, even go so far as to record things that happen so they don't forget. My next tip is going to be music. Music is powerful. So find music that makes you feel alive, that makes you feel good, makes you feel funny or silly or whatever, and listen to it. Create yourself a playlist or go check out my weirdo playlist. I have a playlist at queenbeing.com playlist. It's a Google Play music playlist, but it will help you see kind of how I roll and just don't judge me I'm very eclectic I have things all the way from you know 50s music and all the way up to Disney stuff and a little bit of dirty rap whatever don't judge me I just like it it makes me feel fun and powerful and whatever so go check that out if you want to queenbeing.com playlist research suggests that certain apps and video games may actually help to clear up brain fog by sharpening your memory and reducing certain risks to your health. According to one 2017 research paper, brain training games can actually boost your memory and could reduce the chances of dementia in your future. And a Cambridge University study found that video games help to improve the brain function, the cognitive function of people with early memory problems. This is serious. Simply going outside and getting a little fresh air can help. But mindfulness is really all about bringing yourself into your body in any given moment in this moment, in the present. Coping mechanisms like meditation, deep breathing, these things, they can help you to not only reduce stress, but also to clear brain fog. There are lots of ways you can get help. You can consider reaching out to your friends. You can hire yourself a life coach. You can practice self-care. But here's the good news. Thanks to more awareness in recent years of the benefits of mindfulness and deep breathing and things like that, your smartphone is all stocked up on this stuff. At least it can be. For example, both iTunes and Google Play feature an app actually called Mindfulness, among probably thousands of others. Next time you catch yourself spacing out, kind of going into a brain fog, make a point of noticing it. Then realize that you're in a sort of pattern, which leads to your brain creating and reinforcing certain connections that lead to the feeling of brain fog. But good news! you can sort of reroute those neural connections. Just use simple pattern interrupts when you feel like you're stuck in a negative loop. For example, brush your teeth, wash your face, stand up, move into a different part of the house. Do something to change your environment and or to sort of bring yourself into the moment at any given time and sort of into your body, into your space where you are right now. It helps probably a lot more than you think. I found a new technique. It's similar to ones I've shared before, but different. And I kind of like it. I thought you'd like it too. Give it a try. So first you're going to notice three things that you see around you. Then you're going to stop and listen. And you're going to listen for three sounds you hear around you. Just now I heard a cat meow. I heard that I need to change my smoke detector. And I hear some, my air conditioner <laughs> blowing outside. I'm in the moment. Finally, you're going to move three parts of your body. So right now I'm going to move three things on my face. I'm moving my mouth right now. I don't even watch my nose. Can you do that? Also my eyes. Okay, so I've moved three body parts. Now you can also move your legs, your feet, your arms, whatever, but I think it's great. It's a great pattern interrupt and a great way to kind of get yourself back in the moment and then take the time to shift your mood. So the next time you're feeling stressed out or you're feeling like you're not really in your head, you're not really here, or you're just about to lose your mind and you need to stop the pattern, try this. Thoughts, feelings, ideas, more pattern interrupts you want to share, let me know. And here's my final tip for today. I have a free cognitive dissonance toolkit for you 
over at Life Makeover Academy. So I'm going to put the link for that in the description below. No strings attached. Just sign up for it and it's yours and it really will help you. All right, this brings me to the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you suffered with dissociation and what works for you to make it better? How do you deal with it? What are your best tips? What are your favorite tips? Do you do any of the things I suggested here? And if you do, how do they work for you? Or are you going to try some of these things today? Please share your thoughts on this because if you're still dealing with it, I want to make more videos to help you specifically handle your situation. So tell me what you're dealing with. Let us know in the comments below what your best tips are so that we can share them with our fellow survivors and maybe make someone's life a little easier today. Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. As always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life, and hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now, before I go, make sure you take a look at the videos I'm gonna leave for you right there and right there. And while you're here, hit the subscribe button right over there so we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. I'll see you soon.